All right, welcome back to another episode of Little Wine Talks. My name is Chaz. I'm here with my father, Steve. And today, we're talking about Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes, we are. So it's cool you said the full name, like Cabernet Sauvignon. A lot of people just call it Cabernet. Cabernet. I mean, it is such a beast of a wine, but there's mm-hmm. also not to be confused with Cabernet Franc. Uh, that This is the first I'm hearing of <laughs> Cabernet Franc. I didn't... So actually, Cabernet Franc... <laughs> was before Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon is actually a offshoot of Cabernet wow. Franc. Listen to this one. This is going to be crazy. And Sauvignon Blanc. That makes a lot of sense. So it's sort <laughs> of like, I guess in the wild, it's just sort of they yeah. happened, and then this grape came out, and they it was wild for years. This is just found out 15 years ago in Ucal uh, Davis, they started doing like a DNA of the Cabernet Sauvignon grape. Yeah. And they figured out, it's like, holy crap. This is, they had a feeling it was going to be Cabernet Franc. Yeah. But they didn't realize the other element in it was the um, Sauvignon Blanc grape. Isn't that where they would have got the name? I always thought that was like, when I heard Sauvignon Blanc and, and I saw Cabernet Sauvignon, I was like, oh, Blanco is like white in Spanish. Nah. Like they just got oh, yeah. the white version of the, Caber- the regular Cabernet. It comes from, this is, it make it even cooler. It comes from the term, I'm going to say this wrong, but savages? Savage? Oh, so, with the U tossed in there. Yeah, so being wild. Okay. So, like, I think in French or Spanish or one of them. Savages. Savages is wild, so it's really translate to, like, wild grape or something, or wild grape. Okay. So, that's. So, Savillon. Means wild. Yes. And Cabernet, I guess, was just a term they were talking They found from the Franc. Yeah. So it was like the wild. It was already there. But I'm I'm sure that has some type of meaning too. But that's right there. There there we go. There's the history. Yeah. So now that we have a grape that didn't exist, I saw probably in the 1700s um, in France, it was either discovered or, you know, grafted together. So they Mm -hmm. created this grape called. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. And so in Bordeaux, the, the monks were awesome. Again, here we go again with the monks. Back to the monks. The church was keeping notes. So, like, how do we even know this? Yeah. Like, you think in the 1700s, there's just farmers out there making wine, putting it in bottles, but the notes were meticulous. Really? So they knew what was going on, and we could look back at it today and say, hey, all right, this Damn. is how it got to this point. Why, why did it change? So up until then... Uh, Bordeaux just was growing um, Merlot and Cabernet Franc and like maybe Petit Verdot or some of these other like Mm -hmm. nondescript grapes. And they had a, they were getting their ass kicked. You know, they're just not, those other grapes aren't durable. Yeah. So there was years where they were getting wiped out and they needed something more durable. And I think this is where Cabernet came around. I'm thinking sometimes I'm, I'm reading about it, I'm thinking, maybe these got lazy. So it's also got this cool thing. Yeah, it's like, screw it. it, it Cabernet can grow anywhere. It's got yeah. thicker skin. It automatically has low yield, but they're smaller grapes. Okay. So they had great tannins in there. But listen, this one too, it buds later. So it's sort of, um, it's a little more protected. All right. And then so it also has a three-week maceration, or at least that's what they did. Yeah. So, th- so once they've mastered, they just throw it in the tanks and they got time off. 
Oh, so, so now they're cheating. Yeah, so now they got three weeks off in November. They're mm-hmm. starting to hunt, fish, getting ready for the holidays, and they don't have to work for three weeks. Like ah. right after harvest. Is, so instead of going right into like, oh, now we got to like do the drudgery of, yeah, you know, crushing it, they need to wait the three weeks. So I think they said, oh, you know what, this is cool. All it's right. durable. And then they loved it. You know, it, it yeah. picks up the oak. It's durable. They were making money, and they created this thing now, this famous Bordeaux blend. So in Bordeaux, so where the most Cabernet's grown in the world, did I say Cabernet's the most grown red grape in the world? No, but that is good to know. So it like, definitely feels that way, but it I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know, many you, you, a lot of there. times like we live in this like little world. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you work in our store, yeah, I mean we just sell a crap load of Cabernet. Yeah, I mean it is just king. If you think about the Bordeaux we sell, the uh, you know, the Napa Valley or all the California. Then you have the Australians and the Chileans. I mean, it feels like, you know, people just come up with 20 different Cabernets in their car and maybe one bottle of something else. Yeah. So, but not only here, it's king all around the um, the world. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's easy to grow. Yeah, because they, they grow it in France, South America, Amer- regular Yeah, America. think about this. It grows in Canada and it grows in Chile. I mean, I guess they're sort of, wouldn't it be similar climates though? Well, I'm pretty sure they also grow it in like the Gobi Desert in China, and like yeah. they grow it everywhere. Yeah, it's it's wild. It grows in Lebanon. Yeah, so so maybe that's it close. is cheating. Yeah, it is cheating. <laughs> they also call it the um, like a colonizer too. Really? Just so say you're like they have these great indigenous grapes there, mm-hmm. and then like Cabernet comes rolling in. It's like wait, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hold yeah. my beer. Yeah, I'm just gonna make your life so much easier. It's gonna sell great on the shelves. Yeah, and you know so. You know, America was a little bit different because we had to start from scratch. Mm. So we didn't have, for one, we didn't have any indigenous grapes that make wine. Don't get me wrong. We had grapes that make grape juice, but there was yeah. no. Who care about those? Yeah, I don't, it was such a beast. So we never had wine in America until 1492. Yes. Yeah, so, and then the Italians came, and that's why, like, Zinfandel's planted was like considered, I guess, an indigenous grape of California, and they have like older. It was the first one, but it's yeah, not and really it's, that indigenous. And not really. It's you know when they do all these DNAs re- recently that it might be related to or similar to a grape in Italy called Primitivo. Mm-hmm. So then that grape, the Zinfandel grape, was Just similar never. to that, and they grow it the same. And but prohibition comes along, they got to chop everything down. They cut the grapes down. Oh, they cut the. They, they, oh there's man! A, they cut the, the whole plants down. So a couple exist um, survived because they were like uh, medicinal purposes. Yeah. But everything, and if they didn't cut them down, they weren't making wine. So there was no pruning. They just got. They uh. died. So there was nothing. So, you know, 1920, you know, basically there's no grapes. They were also cutting down apple trees too. I think. Really? For what? Apple cider. And it was a crazy time. Wow. So, you know. Interesting. And then, so California has like a, a blank canvas. It doesn't have any really old vines. There's a couple Zinfandels that are considered 100-year-old vines. But for the most part, yeah. you know, you're looking at, I guess we're starting to cruise on 100 years in 1920. But Wow, yeah. So, but the one thing that, and here's the crazy thing. Though. One more thing just to give you this idea of, but in the 1800s, 
there was a, a, a bug called phylloxera that hit Europe and killed phylloxera. Killed all the vines in Europe. Wow. So they were like, what are we going to do? Like, we lost everything. Wow. They had a graphid, graphid meaning they just tie a twig to it and it grows with American vines. So, wow. So every vine, there's like maybe a couple that said, you know, didn't do it. Yeah, a couple survived, right? Yeah, for some reason, it's some like remote areas. I guess sort of like the COVID. If you have an island and you don't let anybody on it, yeah. you're going to be fine. But for the most part, they had grafted with American vines. So all European vines have American, like in a sense, we'll call it blood or sap or whatever, yeah. like runs through it. So it's always cool. That, Interesting. And then we didn't have any. And then we had a regraft because wow. we had a lot a, of teamwork going on between. Yeah, exactly right. Europe and America. Yeah. So this is Cabernet. Cabernet became king. And it was. Cool thing about Cab, too, I think I was telling you before, it's everywhere. Yeah. So it hits Italy. It grows great there. Yeah. So they run into these, in a sense, wine laws or wine classification. So you're in Italy and you're a Chianti and you want to call your wine Chianti, it needs to fit this rigorous, it has to be 70, back then they changed it, it has to be 70% Sangiovese, needs to be 10% of a white grape, and the rest could be these other grapes. Yeah. None of them being Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh-huh. So then, um, I forget who it was. It was probably um, the first one. I, I, maybe it was Gaia or Tigliano. I said, screw it. We're going to plant Cabernet, and then uh, we're going to make our wine, and we're just going to call it, listen to this one, Super Tuscan. Super Tuscan. It comes out of nowhere. Day one, mm-hmm. it's Super Tuscan, and the world went nuts. The wine world. Just went crazy over Super Tuscan. Uh, Super Tuscan. Cool. And now we can, we have um, it's such a loosely defined term. It's basically a wine that doesn't fit a classification in Tuscany. So in Tuscany, we'll go over this over time. This is good. now. There's regions. So there's uh-huh. um, um, Brunello di Montalcino. There's Chianti, and they all have to have these certain grapes in it. And it, mm-hmm. in order to be called this you need to use this grape mm-hmm. and if you use another grape you could call it a wine from the area you could say it's from there but it's not called that. super tuscan so they just put it called like cool names like tigliano and then we just call it tig yeah sell it for 250 dollars a bottle <laughs> but then we have like 12 dollar wines that have cabernet in it so now we just said that's eh, a super tuscan yeah <laughs> what the hell just run it yeah so it's pretty wild how um it sort of took over. And that's why I guess the, the biggest flack against it is, you know, taking like the winemakers or it's just the bad guy rolling in. Yeah. But what are you going to do? It's working. So uh, I uh, brought some, two different ones here. Nice. I brought one from California, Napa Valley. Need it. And then um, one from Bordeaux. So in Bordeaux, it's basically Bordeaux is split down the, the, a river. So there's like left bank and right bank. On the left bank, they grow Cabernet, blended with Merlot. On the right side, it's Merlot blended. Sometimes they blend it with Cabernet and Cabernet Franc. But so left bank, right bank. What do we got? Left or right? We got left. So we got Cab. I think it's like 75% um, Cab, 25% right. Merlot. And what am I up to? Like 110% here now? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so um, this is neat, too, because how one of the reasons why cabs sort of took over, in 1976, they had the um, 
this wine tasting in Paris. And they held all the best Bordeaux houses there. And they brought two American wines. For the red, they bought a Cabernet. And for the white, they brought a Chardonnay. And they brought Stag's Leap, um, Napa Valley Cab. And it won in a blind tasting. So the world went insane. And then it just, that's how Napa Valley sort of was put on a map. And it's been in steakhouses and restaurants across the world like since that day. Nice. Just yeah, like, I always thought we there was California wines just had like a little step down for a reason, but I, I'm glad to know that they're hanging had, out with a lot of French people. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so th- th- there is a big difference. You know, a lot of times, so we'll probably hopefully see it here. French wines are made to age. They're going to leave that, that maceration period I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. It's going to leave a lot more acidity, a lot more tannins in it, which... It's going to be great for aging. While California wines shorten that, they want their wines a little bit more readily accessible. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so these are wines are pretty close. The uh, Bordeaux's 2018, which is sort of unfair if they're going to need longer. And they, um, the, I should say, we drink it here. So we're drinking um, Paul Hobbs Cross Barn 2017 Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. And right. for Bordeaux, we're drinking La Cru. Ducru Bucherlou. Come on. Yeah. 2018, that's St. Julian. Um, so they're both second labels in a sense. Or So Paul Hobbs makes a Napa Valley cab that sells for probably like $200 a bottle. A lot of times, you know, they got to pay their bills, so they put a wine out to so around $50 a bottle. Yeah. And Ducru Bucherlou does the same thing. They're, they're regular bottling, or what do you want to call it, their first label. Um sells for about the same price. So these are like cool little similar situated wines. Mm-hmm. 200 a piece? These are 50, but they're like their big brother or their uh they're the original. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. So this is a second label. This is the one they're trying to get out to the public mm-hmm. that's um and they're both rolling in about 50 bucks a, a throw. All right. So Which one's which? So the one on the left, your left, this one here is the uh crossbar start there both so here we go so for cabernet what you're looking for it's a black grape so it's, they love it it's dark i think that's why a lot of um they love blending it because it gives that dark color to it mm-hmm. so even if you use like 25 percent of it it's gonna um really make the wine rich yeah this is as dark as it gets this is yeah it's a you know the grape if you see it on the vines it's black yeah and the wine i'm looking at right now is black so here's another thing too it grows really well in warmer climates. Interesting. So, and when you get the warmer climates, you're going to find more of the jam in it. And then the cooler climates as it goes down, um, I'd say Bordeaux is in the middle. It probably hangs around like 60 degrees year round. Um, you're going to find a little bit more um, mint, eucalyptus. There's sometimes there's this green right. pepper in it. If the climate's too cool, which some people love to really? me, once I get green pepper in a wine, yeah. I'm like, I'm out. You have any foods like when you smell something? Yeah, it's just like I can't do it. Like green pepper, I can eat them. I don't like them. There's like, why would anybody want an unripe vegetable? Yeah. <laughs> and so when I smell it in wine, I'm like vegetables. Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to draw myself. Um, All right. So this is the how ca- warm is like a warm client though? Because uh, you said so sixty like, degrees is cold. Uh, I'd even go colder. So let's 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 throw let's go Canada cold. So let's go Washington State. You've been to Washington State, right? Yeah. It gets 
cold. Yeah. So you, you don't want it to freeze, but you're going probably 40s maybe at night, especially in the mm-hmm. fall, 50s at night. Um, especially some of these microclimates, it'll get cooler. You got the ocean air keeping mm-hmm. it cool. Napa Valley in the summer, it's like 100 degrees. Interesting. I mean, it's smoking hot. Australia, smoking hot. Yeah. You know, it just gets hot. There's because Napa Valley will start doing a little more mapping. Yeah. There's no ocean. So there's no, there's no breeze to cool anything down. I think there's some mountains in certain areas that face certain ways, and that's why you'll see... Um, He'll, you know, yeah. we've, we've talked about it. We'll continue to constantly talk about how, like, temperature, climate, soil yeah. are just. Yeah, I spent a summer in France. I was sweating. Yeah. It gets hot out there. Yeah, oh, no question about it. But yeah. then you go to, well, Bordeaux's sort of south, so it should be hotter. But, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like, gotta, it, it's, it's not towards a towards cool, the ocean. Though. It's not a cool climate. No. So it's definitely not like Washington State. It's sort of just a little cooler than, uh, uh, All right. so I get, uh. I like it. So that's the jam. You sp- that that's. I mean, you're very happy, but this is showing what a Cabernet is supposed to be. You know, I love it when um, when you grow a grape where it does well. It shows like the really the essence of Cabernet. So sometimes you'll take a Pinot Noir, which is a cool climate grape, mm-hmm. and they grow it in a hot climate. Like, I don't know what's Pinot Noir, but it messes with the wine. It doesn't say the wine's bad. It just it's mm-hmm. just not what the grape is. And like, if yeah. you order a Pinot Noir, you want it to taste like. Pinot Noir. Yeah. And then because then you just go in by regions and it gets too confusing. Yeah. All right, let's taste this bad boy. So what you're getting here is so I, oh I'll even like walk you through it. That's tannins. So that's yeah. what you want. That's on the side of the face there. That's what you want in a, a cabernet. You know, that's what it's known for, why it's there. Tannins are great with food. So when you have a wine, well, not all food. That was such a general statement. Yeah. It's good with food. Just start eating anything. It's good. Sorry. Break, break out the donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's great. With it's good with proteins. So the proteins are going to soften the tannins. So why this wine is so great with like a steak. Yeah. It's got that black pepper in it. So it's great with like a steak au poivre. It can hold, handle like a cream sauce or you know, to that. And um, yeah, I can almost taste the steak. <laughs> and that's going to be able to age it's a little lighter than. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of give me like um, that little Pinot Noir vibes a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it definitely, you definitely don't have that little. I don't necessarily get on the sides of my face, but I get it like on the roof and the bottom of like the entrance to my throat. Okay. Is where like I feel those. Like that little like grip. Yeah, just like that the vibe. I don't know really what to call it. And these wines will open up. I opened them up maybe like five minutes before we started the podcast, but mm-hmm. that's always a thing. Like, what does that even mean? We'll go through that. Yeah. Like decanting. But again, it's just the science. It's starting to open up now in the glass. And what do you do? These wines keep in the basement for a couple of years, or so? The, yes, no question about it. I think the um, cross barn. They're probably ready to go, you know, within, you know, five to ten years. So it's starting to... It's kind of long. Yeah, well, it's 217 now. So next oh, year... Oh, so you mean by... Okay, yeah. I am I was more thinking about, like, if I got it today. Uh, yeah, this one here, though, I haven't tried it yet. But I'm a... You, we probably shouldn't start drinking it to 28. 
Okay. So what you do is we're like going to pause the podcast and yeah. uh, come back in eight years. And what I like to do is like try it. I wish mm-hmm. I had a better. Maybe I should write it down, make a mental note what it tastes like, and then sort of hide it in the basement somewhere, yeah. or and then check back on it in five years, check back on it in ten years. Yeah. And after ten years, you got to have a pretty good idea where it's going. Um. Yeah, we should do. A whole episode where we taste ones that we're gonna like, like ten or twelve wines that we're gonna put away. Yeah, five years from now, you can I, come back and we just gotta make sure like um, you and your brothers don't run out of like Budweisers in the basement <laughs> and you start like, well, that won't miss a couple of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, bottles right now that we could? Uh, no, that you've been saving. No, there's there's one bottle, crazy bottle of white wine I have that was sentimental and it's probably twenty five years old. It's gone. It's still there, but oh. I can't imagine. It might be good. Um, but it's it's an Alsatian that's supposed to age, but a 30-year-old white wine might be yeah. a little weird. I wish You got a couple customers that I wish we could raid their basement. Oh, it's crazy they're stuff. Looking, right? They're looking to have the craziest wine party in 2032. <laughs> well, like, like I said, like, there's some people like, I don't know what they're saving it for. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the math. You know, even if you're drinking a bottle a day, you're going to run out of years, unless you got a lot more friends than I do. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess if you, you're trying to have this idea where you're throwing the fanciest party in 2028, and all your wine's been in your basement for 20 years, oh, and, yeah. and a thousand people are going to come. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm not friends with anybody like that. No. But but, that, but that's really the idea. The, the guys are good at it, or the women are good at it. The um, They sort of space it, so they buy them. And then they have their rotation going. So here it goes. Now we're ready for, you know, we could start drinking these. Yeah. I guess the problem with that is, like, I, I'm, I'm really into a certain grape right now. I just yeah. love it. That's what I'm drinking. So I buy, like, five cases or ten cases. And I yeah. get, and they're going to be great in five years from now. I change. Yeah, you, you might not even like wine. But I know. I'm, I'm sure I like wine, but that's yeah. been pretty consistent. But now I don't like that. That's yeah. not what I'm doing. And now, and now you got 50 bottles in the basement. And then what do you do? And yeah. then you say, oh, maybe I'll come back to it. But yeah. a lot of people, I think wine just dies. Can, um, oh, so that's was literally just about to be my question. If you have a bottle that you're like, oh, we should open this in 10 years, and you check, and now it's 20 years later, is, does, is there like a bell curve where it's like, oh, it'll be great in this zone? And then it gets worse, or is it just like always? No, no, no. Yeah, well, depends. always going up. Storage. I will just say perfect storage. Okay, it's gonna go not a bell. It's gonna go to go up, 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 up. There's some crazy like theories that there's this like shutdown period that yeah. it, like it goes down real quick. It's like Bitcoin. It goes up and quick down, <laughs> and then it just shoots through yeah. the uh, roof. So there's this sort of like. Within a year or two, a certain fancy wine is a shutdown period, yeah. which is, I don't know if I even believe it, but we'll go with it. Yeah. But then it goes up and it peaks, but it doesn't jump off a cliff. Yeah. So just as it slowly went up, it's slowly going to go down. Yeah. And it's all a matter of what you like. So as the wine goes down, it loses fruit. So what's left is the secondary flavors. Mm-hmm. So now you're tasting cedar tobacco leather you know okay yeah yeah, yeah. i see where you're coming from uh, not not my style yet yeah. maybe i just haven't had when i get one too, too many hardships or <laughs> well yeah 
I've had older wine that's been stored properly, and it's really that good. Yeah. But the most time, some people are bringing older wine, you know, it's just been on their wall, which is cool. It's aged sort of with them. Yeah, but you got to get that consistent temperature it, for a decade, which is tough. Yeah, but it's even like, I guess you need the wine room. Like, we try to store stuff in our basement. But in the wintertime, the heat kicks on. It gets a little warmer in our yeah. basement. You know, it doesn't get to 100, but it's definitely getting warmer. Yeah, there was one guy I was delivering um, cases of wine to, and I was bringing him down to his basement, and he had his wine room. And I was, like, I probably had to carry 40 cases in there. And sometimes I would leave the door open for, like, 15 or 20 seconds, and he would, like, freak out and slam it behind <laughs> I me. I like that. Because, like, and I, I don't blame the guy. He's probably got, like, two or 300 cases. And I and it was so funny because me it was me him and his wife and we were looking at all his cases and he was looking at it and he was like all right twenty twenty six yeah that's uh, this one's a a twenty thirty and this one's a twenty thirty two and I'm like bro like yeah is the world even gonna be around in those years so we we call him a prepper yeah like you know most people are putting those big buckets of like uh, you know mac and cheese that you just have to add water to oh yeah. Yeah, he's waiting for a little nuclear uh, holocaust. But uh, but that's one bunker I'd break into that. <laughs> like, if you're going to have to spend, like, 10 years in a bunker. Oh, uh, that'd be the dream. Yeah. Yeah, you we're knocking down doors during The Walking Dead, and all yeah. of a sudden we pull up on 8,000 bottles of wine. They haven't done that in The Walking Dead, have they? Just pulled up on someone's wine cellar? Yeah, it's a while to find a bottle of whiskey, but they really don't yeah. seem to be uh, exploring for wine cellars. No. Too busy looking for and weapons and uh, food, I guess. But all right, you ready to go into Bordeaux? Yeah. And, Anything uh, else you want to know about this uh, Napa Valley? No, I'm trying to do a little bit better job. Like I was listening to our wine reviews, and I was I got to do a little bit better job of. Like, I forget that no one else is drinking this right now. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to describe it, and this one, like, this is to me, and this is why I always thought Cab was kind of like the base wine. Not, I guess, I never knew it was the most called one but like this is like wine taste for me yes like this is what i it's not not attacking me in any way i feel it in my mouth like well, this what you got here is you got to somebody put a lot of effort into this wine like i'm not going to say everybody's going to like fall over in love with it but this yeah. wine is made by somebody who knows how to make wine yeah so you're getting all those sensations so many times the cheaper wines that or less expensive wines that like we try or one-dimensional yeah. It sort of just flows and like, eh, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, again, I'm not offended by it. It served mm -hmm. its purpose and it was pleasant experience, but you're not getting that um, tannins and yeah. acidity and fruit and different type of, and as we go on now, it's now been a good five minutes. It's this one, I've already feel it changing. Like I, I, I think it already tastes better. No question about it. And a lot of times what we do is like, well, I'll cork this wine and I'll try it again tomorrow. And okay. see how it changes over time. And yeah. sort of it's like a cheat to see how it's going to age. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's even true, but we do it all the t same time. If uh, we were at a restaurant, we just ordered this bottle. Okay. It would probably be like 120 Yeah, that's usually what they do. I'd probably be satisfied. I would be happy with it. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're in a restaurant, too. It starts tasting better. Yeah. You got the smells in the air. You got the a You're definitely having a steak. You're not ordering a fish dish. You're oh, yeah. Whipping this out. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was saying. I could already... It almost feels like I want to pair it with a steak that bad. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's like, what do you call that? What do you, what do you smell that? Is that like dark fruit to you? What, do, what would that be to you? I know to me I, it feels like it's that 
It's not blueberry because I love looking for blueberry. It definitely doesn't have the blueberry in it. Cabernet, I always look for a little chocolate, but I didn't yeah, get it I don't even really smell the blackberry. I can't even, I, I can't really describe the. See to me, but it's definitely a jam type feel. Yeah, jam is definitely the. So uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get the flavor of the jam down, but it's definitely yeah. like if I had jam, if it was black currant, blackberry, yeah. you know, it's one of those dark fruit, not raspberry, like dark fruit jams. I would say it has that in it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, and I guess like I guess my my palate right now is I described that as wine taste. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, but but no, I, there is certain wines where I get more of a taste out of it yet. But I like I have to taste other things that taste like that. That's crazy, right? Yeah. So all right, moving on. We're going in. We're going into Bordeaux blend, and this one now, a year younger. So 2018 is supposed to be like a great vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. I can it, smell a little difference in this wine. Uh, I can definitely smell the difference. It definitely smells like less fruit popping out of it. You know? It smells a little... Yeah, nothing's really coming out. Like this one I could, even with this little one left in this one, I smell... Maybe because it's had the. So I, I, I was just swirling it for ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm interested what you uh, how this tastes to you. Uh, yeah, let me let me give my rundown yeah. before. Uh... It's def- so comparably to this one because I still don't. I still don't see. Uh... I'm about to go to this. Like, what's your mouth feel on this one? Let's take out this. The fr- this one's definitely more t- more th- more tannins on the French one. No question about. Like it. Like a lot more. I right, could. So, I'm all tannins. So right now, now we got like, that's like 101. Okay. So now you know what tannins are. Yeah, I that, could totally. That's tannins. Yeah. So I don't. A lot of times, like people ask, like, what's a tannin? I mean, I like it's the grip. It's sort of like when you drink tea, what's left over. I don't mm-hmm. know. I know it from wine because I drink wine more than I drink tea. Yeah. That's tannins. So that's that dryness, which a lot of people, I think, call, I want my wine dry. They want tannins. Yeah. So this wine right now, with, with that much of tan, that t- it's hard to cocktail it. Mm-hmm. We're not just going to sit around the fire without any food trying to drink this because at this point, it's too tannic. So now as a wine guy, I say, well, what would a piece of, Cheese doing this. What would a piece of me? So it's going to soften all those tannins. And now time is going to soften it too. So they tannins fall out. They let the wine age, but they go away over time. Is there an opposite to tannins? Um, I call it like flabby. Um, Flabby. Yeah, we were talking about that before. Um, It's just... Sometimes I'll be nice to a wine, what I'll call, um, like I said, oh, the tannins are really sweet. Tannins can't be sweet. No. So that uh, what I'm saying there is there's no tannins. So there's a lot of wines that aren't, are t- there's just, mm-hmm. no, we, we had this discussion that um, white wine is doesn't have tannins, and then I think I did some research, and mm-hmm. there is some tannins there, but the tannins, again, come from the skins. So if you, okay. uh, if, mm-hmm. and these, and Cabernet has thick skin, that's why it's durable, so powerful or durable, that's durable, powerful. And you know why people like growing it 
why it takes oak aging better too. So you can't, you know, you throw a, like a weak grape into oak barrels. You're just going to have like, oh, that's a great oak barrel mm-hmm. glass of wine. Yeah. While the um, Cabernet is like, you know, bring it on. Yeah. Like I could take it. I'm going to get better. I'm actually going to bring some of that like vanilla um, taste and bring it to the wine. And you yeah. can do it different ways, different bigger barrels, smaller barrels. Uh, so wine is very good though. Wine's great. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like totally impressed by it. You know, I always forget because I'm always so scared of, um, and I do it for a living, of French wine. Because I look at that label, I'm like, what the hell is that? There's no yeah. grape variety on it. It's like got oh, seven yeah. words. I don't know if I even pronounced it. I don't correctly. know any of these words. Family, Eugène, Pourri. <laughs> and I'll link these. Uh, I can put like a link to these wines in the description of the podcast so people want to take a look at what we're drinking. Yeah. Again, 15%. That's 50. 15, yeah. Whoa. Pretty good. That one's 14 and a half, the California. All right. That's surprising for Bordeaux that they're getting that high in their alcohol. Yeah. And I, you don't notice. Yeah. I don't, like, I mean, like. Okay. So I'm going to give you a conspiracy theory. All, All right. mine. Your conspiracy. Well, I think it's probably been backed. All so right. a tariff gets dropped on French wines above 14% alcohol. I can I guarantee you if we did research on this wine, this wine has never been over fourteen percent alcohol. Miraculous. Uh, when did they put the the this year? And I did, we just got this wine in, okay. so the 2018s are just hitting the shores now. Yeah. So now they're getting hit with their tariffs, unless you got fourteen above above fourteen percent alcohol. So this, I think the guys are like, uh huh. It's one's got 15%. Oh, you don't even think there's 15% no in No way. I can't imagine a, that one surprised. When you said that, I'm like. I, cause I, I was just like, there's no way that there's 15. That's person. high. I mean, that's like zero. Yeah, like I feel some tannins in here, but I'm not, I, yeah. there's no boozy component. No, well, that's this. a well-made wine. You know, these, the, the French is not to make it, but mm-hmm. this one might pr- prove my conspiracy theory. Yeah. I wish we had like an alcohol, you know, Whatever, however. Oh, they, I don't even. We should get one of those. What is that? Like, like an alcoholizer? Like, yeah. how do they look at it? I don't know, but I guarantee they're paying. Well, I'm saying they're paying, but that, yeah, they're yeah, slanderous. Um, yeah. <laughs> they might have just mistakenly put 15% on the label. Oh, yeah. A little so typo. It's 25% tariff. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not like a $5 thing, especially these high end ones are, you know. It's Who, a, so America's charging that? Yeah, so when it hits the America shores. It gets hit with 25%. Is that part of our trade wars? Yeah. I don't know how they got like That's that. so dumb. <laughs> like, bro, we were just talking like 20 minutes ago about the, how all this teamwork between Europe and America. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just out the door. Damn. Well, wine's getting better. So this is starting to get a little bit more of those um, other things are jumping out of it. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not jam. So now yeah. we're getting a cool little... I, I don't know, mint or eucalyptus or some type of wacky thing that I would love being around, like guys that really know wine, and yeah. they nail it right away. Oh, it's so impressive sometimes. I'm always impressed when I'm with somebody that I don't think drinks wine, and then, well, I'll just bring a nice bottle of wine, and they'll be like, huh, who am I 
reminds me a little bit that that rawhide leather with some tobacco in it. I'm like, <laughs> yo, where'd that come from? And you know he wasn't lying. You know he wasn't like yeah. catching up. And that's his what he wasn't googling under the table. There's, there's a thing called um, like super tasters. That there's people out there that are just super tasters. They just have a little something. Yeah, and a little different. Th- yeah, and there's theory about super tasters. They don't get sick from COVID. Really? They, or, well, they can't lose that super taste. Yeah. You know? Well, they don't get as sick. They don't get like the in hospitalized. Yeah. But that's probably another conspiracy theory. That's a you know, shit I'm just bringing up. When I was growing up, I always hoped I was going to score one of those, like the photographic memory, or <sighs> I'm trying to think this. And I guess a super taste. Doesn't really help that well unless you get into wine. It's so cool. It's so cool <laughs> when you, I like the people that have the super taste and the memory, because then it goes stuff like, oh yeah, but you know I had the '97 uh, Ducu Perugu and um, it had a little bit of that chalkiness, but the uh, I'm like, what the hell? Well, my steak was a little uh, mild. Uh, that yeah, time. yeah. Oh, when we were here or there, I actually worked with Chach, and he'll go, Steve, no, you had that at dinner. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's right. Him and Carl both impressed me, but Chach, he'll be like, yeah, you had that four <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, and you liked it. I'm like, why did I like it? Oh, you were here. And I'm like, oh, all right, maybe I'll check my I don't have any of those superpowers. And it no. definitely, um, like I just guess. So I'm better off with the younger wines. Like I'll be able to talk about these wines tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And maybe since we talked about it for 45 minutes, I'll have a better. Yeah. I'll be able to do it a little bit longer, but after that, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I'll and start. I guess, and I guess now we have the recording of it, so when we pull these out in ten years, All right, I'll, I'll be able to record and see what we have, and then go back to this recording and uh, yeah. compare them. I don't know if we did like Cabernet Sauvignon justice today, because this is a beast. So mm-hmm. this is the the wine that you know you need to understand, and it's grown everywhere, but. I figured yeah. we got to tackle these I think once, once we get to each grape, we might have, like, a part two yeah, coming back. Well, I think what we'll do is, what I would like to do is, like, let's get into Bordeaux. Yeah. So let's get these grapes. Let's get it. For me, it's great. I'm starting to go back, refresh my memory, and we'll go through the big noble grapes. So supposedly, like, 10,000 grapes. We're not doing that. No. But there's, like, 10 that we need to, like, discuss, I need to learn about again, or, like, mm. What do you call that? Refresh my recollection. Why I like yeah. them. Why they matter. And then we'll start dabbling into sweet. Other. And if, when we do Bordeaux, I do want to drink one or two of the ones that LeBron and Mello are drinking. Oh no no no! They're Burgundy. It's Burgundy. Oh my goodness! Oh, All right. There's tell, see, there's so much for me to I, learn here. All right. If we're drinking their wines, we better Bitcoin better go up a little bit. All right. Those guys are throwing down some stuff. Ah right, yeah. All right. Well, once we hit a thousand views, a thousand listens on one podcast, All right. we'll get so, out the burgundies. Um, he will bring out Dujak. Dujak. That's the one. That's the one. That that's where LeBron's been on. Right? He's been on the Dujak. Got him to the. Got him the championship last yep, year. It was like uh, Dujak. Oh yeah. We'll score a bottle of that. Yeah, because I wanted. There was a. I don't know if he had like a bad game or something. Like two or three weeks ago, I sent you the picture. But he's like, "What are you going to do after this?" He's like. Just gonna have a little red wine and forget about oh, it. And he was just <laughs> and he was walking into the stadium like, I'm like, didn't you just get out of your car? Like, and he was had his big pea coat on and a glass of wine. And I'm like, oh, he's put on a show. You know what's funny? He's more of a cabernet guy. 
Yeah. You know, like not a Kaepernick guy. Like he goes into teams, he blends well with teams, oh, there you but go. he's still the boss. <laughs> yeah. You know, like no matter where he goes, he's still because, the boss. Because you know, I understand you Merlot. I understand like who does uh who did he have? Like Kevin Love. I get you, yeah. right? <laughs> I get you. You've been good here for a while. Nice job <laughs> with that five hundred ball. Yeah. But let's just win it now. Yeah. You know, I'm here. Oh sure. And then he leaves and they're sitting there like, now what do we do? <laughs> I guess we'll just be Merlot. Yeah. And Petit Verdot, whatever that is. Yeah, hope we hit 500 every year. <laughs> that's it. All right, Chaz. Well, that's all I have with right, Cabernet you. in my brain. Yeah, if you guys got any questions about Cabernet, we'll definitely take some call-in videos for the next one. So, uh, peace out. Peace.